Brandt had a bit of space for himself. Brandt, and what a chance! It's finished by Mukoko! Of Dortmund masterwork. It is a piece of masterwork! Adeyemi into the area, rounds the goalkeeper, and it! A one-man counter-attack! Coming straight back with Mane! Hey, welcome back to the BVB Podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver, top of the Champions League group of death, and a weird match against Leipzig. Uh, I feel like we've had a lot of these where it's like, you feel like crap, you kind (laughs) of celebrate, don't really know what's going on. How How are you doing? Maybe not Dortmund related, but how are you doing in life, Carver? How are things going? Doing well. Doing well. As from a Dortmund perspective, yeah, I don't really know what to make of it, honestly. I mean, I'm curious to know how a lot of the listeners are feeling too. I mean, we're winless in the league now in the last six games, if I'm not wrong. Obviously, you only got, you took also a loss against Leipzig at home, but you had a good reaction from the squad though. And and these were some good performances uh, this, this past week. I mean, these last two performances in particular were just good reactions from Terzic and the team and in terms of styles of play. It was extremely high-risk football, and it didn't get us the result against Leipzig, sure, but at least the team went for it on both of these last occasions. I mean, they were fearless and very attack-minded, which are both really at the core of Borussia Dortmund's identity, which, so it, it was fun to watch. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing I'm doing good. I think last, well, I'm doing good in life. I think life is going well. Uh, Dortmund, as a Dortmund fan, I'm just confused. I'm just confused. <laughs> and I do want to give a shout out and plug to uh, the Yellow Wall Pod, our friend uh, Stefan. And the episode they put out last week was amazing. Um, the first 10 minute, the first rant, the rant in the first 10 minutes was like, I loved it. And it was so good. Uh, so if you haven't listened to their latest episode, maybe they've dropped a new one since, I don't know, but I would go back and listen to it because I think we we talked a lot last episode um, just about like what's going on in Dortmund, obviously, and like the how chaotic everything is. And I don't think we actually said it, but like where I stand with Terzic, maybe I've seen, maybe, I don't know, I've, I've never been fully on board with Terzic out. I've, I've never been 100% there until I think I listened to their episode and I'm like, yeah, yes. Cause I think I've just been <laughs> dancing around it. Cause, and maybe that comes down to last season. I, I was really heavy on don't sack him. Like if things aren't going well, don't sack him, like back him. If this is the guy you want to back, build a project around him, let him do it. And now like that, I think how things have been going, like it's just been soured and, and it, it comes in what they touched on a lot is, I mean, this, the style, um, which we we've been seeing, we just I don't think I don't know if we've like hit on it or talked specifically about it and like this weird transformation that's been happening. And I mean, we talked about that, but like to really put it in perspective, it's like, man, I'm leaning way more Terzic out. And I, I think I alluded to it in the last episode when I said when we were making our predictions, because I said I want to I obviously want to predict a win, but I just kind of want to see what happens if, say, we lose 5-0 because I'm like, I want to see the reaction from the board or what will happen. Um and then we, this Leipzig game was so crazy. It's like, you can't even, it gave me no clarity because the early red card, uh, which completely changes how we have to play, uh, which was good. Like it, like we, like you said, we were going for it. Um, but it's, I, I'm curious how we would approach this game throughout the entire game if it was 11 on 11. Um, and, and what's been said by Vatska is we're going to back Terzic in less like the goal is top four. So if it looks like that's in doubt, then we might make a change that I'm paraphrasing of course, but, and, and that's where we are. Right. And then you have, cause we're out of the top We're I don't know what position we're in the table. Before now we're this, in fifth. Yeah. This, this game okay. against Leipzig was a battle for the top four as the table begins to take more shape going into the winter break. And we're only what five, six days away now from the winter break. So, yeah, so I mean that match that was a match to, to decide it. I mean we're still in fifth, um, but yeah, the fact that maybe this puts us a little further out of reach of it um, is maybe where I'm leaning. But then 
at the same time, we we top the Champions Group of Death, Champions League Group of Death. So it's like what, what, which I've never. I think I've wanted us to progress and look like a dominant team in the Champions League the last couple of years, and now somehow we're we're doing it. I'm like, what is going on? I don't even know how to feel. Like it's, I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, they made some compelling arguments on the Yellow Wall Pod. Both Stefan and Matthias Zuk, both like you said, the rants are really good too, but. They were a lot more articulate than I am, of course, and they made, again, some very compelling arguments about why Terzic probably isn't the best man for the job. And you could see just over the the course of several months now, at least in this fall, uh, with the, just the results slowly going against us. And we're not only scoring less goals, but we're also starting to concede more. And the XG against us is only getting worse, which you know I, wanna, I don't want to rely too heavily on that stat alone but you could just you know you could tell also just on the pitch too right watching this team seeing how more defensive we're becoming game by game now sitting deeper and deeper and if you look at the average positions against Stuttgart and Leverkusen I mean Stuttgart for one you had again just as the average positions you had two players just in front of the halfway line and against Leverkusen we even sat deeper than that very very compact just solely relied on the counter attack and it wasn't just for those two games either there were other games and PSG comes to mind in the first fixture away, just very defensive side. And that just goes against exactly what we're all about. Again, our core identity, very attack minded. We're fearless. We're trying to be on the front foot always. Constant pressure. Pressing used to be our thing, but the team is very unsure of themselves. And, you know, I don't think by any means, even just again, we only had one point these last two games, different competitions, but. So it's not like Terzic has suddenly found the answer of like, oh, we're just going to start playing attacking football because there's still some holes in the way we played. But again, a good reaction. I don't know if I'm necessarily saying step in the right direction because again, we did lose at home given it was against, you know, some pretty hard odds. But, uh, and, and then we also, you know, could have gone either way against PSG too, right? So it's just very confusing overall. Do you want to get into the Leipzig game a little more in depth? Uh, go through this one. Yeah, so we, again, this is a battle for the top four of the, at the table here. Have Leipzig at home against Rosa. This is the third time now that Terzic has had a match against Rosa, if I'm not wrong. I think I think this is the third time now. And we should set up yeah, in a 4-2. Two, two, yeah. Yeah. 4-2-3-1. Yep. Did you want to go over the lineup or I had that too if you... Yeah, I got it pulled up. Uh, Koble obviously starts in goal. Uh, Mounier back. Were we just questioning this last week whether yes. anything was going to happen with him and he, he gets a start? I thought uh, it was a bit. I thought it was a goof <laughs> that Vatska said we're going to integrate him given he has not played at the senior level in over 365 days in a calendar year. Right? Would you... No, so- it actually... No, no, I'm fact-checking this. I think that was... But it was like <laughs> early in the spring. Either way. What... So given, I guess, if you remember, like, did you have a thought, like, would you rather see Mounier or Wolf start? What, given the circumstance, like, Rearson out, obviously. So what, like, because at first I was like, I, mean, I know he hasn't played in a while, but I don't hate the move with the other option being Wolf. I don't know. I'm very indifferent. And just because, I mean, fitness is obviously a concern and you and you saw that in in this game against Leipzig he wasn't necessarily completely up to speed although he didn't have like a terrible game there's also some off-field stuff too I'm not going to get into I think he also had a very controversial post in the during the summer similar to Felix Mecha but I don't know I mean I don't I also don't think even if he you know all of that aside if he was still fit if he didn't have that kind of post in in the controversy I don't think he's someone that we should be investing in for the future I mean the man is well yeah. over 30 and he's had a very questionable stint in these past few years here at, at, at the club. So, I mean, yeah, to answer your question, I guess that's just how lack of a depth we have for a good well, we option did, at right back at the moment. You probably have to put Mounier, but we did yeah. try to get rid of him and there were no takers, which is right. fun. Uh, Hummels and Schlatterback are two center backs. Benzabaini left back that we had Chan and Oshan sitting in the midfield. And then up top, Royce, Brantz, Bino Gittens and full crew at the very top jumped ahead of myself a little bit yeah and leipzig set up in a 3-4-3 in this game which we didn't see too many times whenever rosa was here of playing a back three and 
even in this game, it fluctuated, sometimes extended to a back four whenever Dortmund were in possession. But yeah, I just wanted to touch on both of those and how t- each team shaped up. Uh, those first 15 minutes before, well, even actually, excuse me, the Hummel's red card was in the 10th minute, but those opening minutes setting the tone pretty well. Again, more on the front foot, weren't sitting back so far. In fact, it was the complete opposite. It was almost when I, and I tweeted this too, it, given it was in the PSG game, but it's almost a bit of an overcorrection of what uh, Terzic was trying to, I guess, change here. And I think it also came down from the players too, which they talked about this on the yellow wall pod of, I imagine players that have more seniority in the team are thinking like, we got to change this. And, you know, some of them have more leverage or just as much as Terzic when it comes to certain things, at least strictly from a sporting perspective. So uh, I think they got a good say in this and trying to, you know, just change things up. Let's get back to ways that we, you know, that we could try to at least attach to an identity for this team. And yeah, you get to see that for those first opening minutes. Again, just higher tempo, extremely high line, uh, a lot of space between the center halves as well, which kind of led to that red card. And eventually, yeah, Hummels has the tackle here in the 10th minute. It was originally from Mounier trying to, you know, get the, try to intercept the ball, but it's had a poor touch given it, it was at an awkward angle and coming at him with some pace, but it's a, it's Openda versus Hummels in a foot race. And you know, who's going to win that Hummels goes to ground right in front of the box, tries to get the penalty in the yellow card, which initially that was the call. VAR comes back and corrects it as it was just outside of the box. Did you have any initial thoughts on this or? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll speak. Yeah. First 10 minutes seemed, seemed good and, and promising. Uh, and then obviously getting caught out like that's so with the red card and the, the card in general, like I was even, I think I was when it was at the time it was a, a yellow and a penalty. I was typing in my notes. I was like, Oh, if that's outside of the box, that's probably red. Right. <laughs> and then, then they like changed it like at that moment and just deleted everything. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, like I'm, I'm not mad at Hummels at all. Like, what are you going to do? Like, I understand, like, I'm more mad, like we get in that situation, but that's like the risk when you're playing that high line. But it seemed like we kind of, they're just getting like cut through a little bit that I like, I don't love. I know it's like the risk reward thing. Um, And I'm, it's upsetting because like Hummels has been one of our best players this season. So for him to have to kind of make that sacrifice, um, it is upsetting. And then again, like you you don't know how the rest of the game is going to go because of it. Um, and so, I mean, I, I didn't have like, I wasn't furious in the moment. I don't have complaints about it, uh, about the red card and the foul specifically. It's just like a really frustrating situation. Um, but yeah, I, I know the, the host talked about it a little bit, but it's like, yeah, you rather take the penalty and, and the possible goal and play like 11, like, and who knows, like, I don't know if he was exactly thinking let's, I'm going to get him in the box or right. Right. just outside the box like because that that's so hard to call and maybe it's like that's that just leave it up to to, to god in that, the bundesliga gods in that moment and see what happens because that's the moment he caught him uh, was able to catch up to him to make the tackle tackle quote unquote tackle um but yeah i don't know just weird just weird weird match after after the fact yeah, I almost had a quote here after the game saying, the defeat is down to me. I should never go down into a slide tackle there and leave the lads down with a man down on the pitch for 80 minutes. Um, so it doesn't give you too much insight to, I guess, what he was necessarily thinking, like you said, trying to get him inside the box. But either way, uh, no Dortmund player in Bundesliga history has ever been sent off earlier than Matt Hummels in this game. And whenever that happened, whenever they pulled back and uh, Hummels was sent off, I was thinking... Well, now, yeah, I enjoyed these last 10 minutes of attacking football, but surely we're going to sit back and just hope for God that we get, you know, a tie or maybe a nil-nil out of this. That's at least what I was predicting. But, I mean, Dortmund, you know, they still stayed pretty high. Again, very high-risk football, but Terzic stuck with that, and the the team stuck with that. I mean, we switched to a 4-4-1 after Hummels got sent off. Ozchan drove forward more, and not just in this game, but recently he's been getting really high up the pitch and just some interesting positions that I've never seen them play before. But, you know, the team just, yeah, puffed out their chest. They stayed active. They looked to control the game with the ball in possession. They they ended this game, Dortmund, having 54% of possession in this game, which is pretty surprising given, again, being a, yeah. a man down. We matched them in corners. We matched them in tackles. We had more interceptions with them. Some other things I just found pretty interesting. 
again, just overall a very positive showing going down a man and a few minutes after that conceding an own goal. Yeah, the I mean, it, it was positive play throughout, like and it's again, it's all just like, man, if we had a, if we played a, had a full squad, if we didn't get that red card, like what would have happened? And that's what I want to know and what we won't know. But it it did seem like we were just frustrating Leipzig, like the being down a man didn't necessarily hurt us, except in the attack, right? Although we were still creating right. some chances because uh, when uh, quick mention, when after the red card, uh, we did switch. Jamie Bino Gittins came out and Sule Sule. Went in, yeah, yeah uh, to keep four in the back. Uh, but yeah, it was like it was still fun to watch. It was a, a good game, and yeah, like I said, seemed to frustrate Leipzig, which which was good. And yeah, it's like if we play like this, especially if we play like this with eleven guys, maybe we'll look a little better than we we have been in the more recent matches. And then yeah, leading up to the guy, the own goal, I. Early on, I was kind of backing or tr- defending Benzabini. Benzabini, Jesus, <laughs> Benzabini, <laughs> uh, a lot. Even though when he, he was getting a lot of heat, and then obviously wasn't starting some games, and I was like, oh, maybe why? It's because I was just, I was just giving him the benefit of the doubt. Um, but yeah, man, rough. He has not looked great. And then this this own goal. I know when you're defending, like it's especially you're just tr- going up for the header, but it did not look like he was even trying to clear it out. He kind of closed no. his eyes and flicked it towards the goal. Yeah, bad body and, shape with it too. And the, the look on Koble's face <laughs> was just like, I I'm gonna rip your head off. It was it was disbelief and yeah, just, it was disbelief and like get this guy off the pitch. Like yeah, it was. Koble said, I really signed an extension a few weeks ago, didn't I? I, I dead ass did that. <laughs> I mean, if anything, that 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 look like made the whole game for me. I was like, cool. I love this game. That's my favorite. <laughs> just seeing that look. But yeah, just rough from Benzabaini and not just the own goal, but just his performances. Not not great. Yeah, that was that was a bit of a shocker, a bit of a blunder with that own goal. And like I said, though, the team for the most part collectively did respond pretty well to again given the odds and the circumstances in that first half and we do go on to get an equalizer just before half no, absolutely no one marking Sule whenever the ball came back in from Brandt which is a great cross by the way and it was just poor marking from Leipzig and it was a good finish from Sulinho and I think you know given him putting himself in that kind of a position there you'd expect him to get a good goal and, and that's exactly what he did but, you know, no, you could, it, again, great time to come back and get an equalizer right before half. Yeah, you can always count on Sulinho, and we saw a lot more of these moments. I think uh, last season he was obviously playing a little bit more, and uh, we've talked about it a lot. Like, is this is this just because Hummel's been so good, and that Hummel's uh, Slaughterbeck pairing is a little more secure? And again, is he because like he gives us a little bit of right back depth coming off the bench? Uh, but man, I love a Sulinho goal. And then we saw more Sulinho defense in that PSG game, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But totally. Uh, yeah, I don't, I never hate Sulinho. <laughs> hey, we'll just crush this, this second half here if you're a minute or two. Um, I'd argue we were almost the better team in the second half, too. Again, despite conceding on and early on in that, in the, in the second half. And, you know, that's kind of to be expected whenever you're, again, down a man, you're committing a lot of numbers forward. The space between the center halves was enormous. The wingbacks were up high and a team with quality. And, of, of course, to a team like Leipzig and, and Rosa. And this isn't, you know, just the first time. I think the first meeting in between us or between Rosa and Terzic whenever we were in Leipzig, if I'm not wrong, that's exactly what they tried to do is just play in behind. It wasn't, you know, at the time it was the likes of Timo Werner, but now they have even much better striker and more quality in the front line to, to punish you. And that's exactly what they did, which was unfortunate. But, um, I mean, we still fought to the end and you can only, you know, do what you can do. And I think a lot of the fans did applaud that effort, which is, you know, again, at least a, I'm not going to say you're stepping in the right direction, but a good reaction from the team and the coach. Yeah. And it, I mean, it is, it, it's frustrating how, I guess they scored a goal in the 53rd. Um, and, it was good to see, like we were still still going at it in like really frustrating Leipzig. Like I think we were with our play, but also like little things here and there. You could tell, right. like the players are getting irritated. They they got really chippy and aggravated. Uh, 
which was good to see to give that showing, especially playing down a man and to have that kind of control we did. Um, it's unfortunate, like, I know we, we got the goal after the fact, but to to give them that third goal where uh, Slaughterback just got roasted uh, was was not a, a good showing either. I just got burnt to bury that third, and then we, we get the, not the equalizer, but we get our second goal in uh, in, like, right at the end to make it a little a little better but overall like i mean it ended quick and it ended with a couple quick goals at the end but yeah I, it felt like a good performance from when you look at the the early red card yeah and after we got the second goal well even before that the whole game the fans were really trying to push the team onward and and be almost the replacement of the 11th man on the field cuz they were i mean they were just giving their all and, and you could obviously hear them and it was it was really cool to see and witness of course the atmosphere is always electric and really trying to push the team forward to get the equalizer in the end, which uh, unfortunately did not happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least it was a fun watch at the end of the day. And uh, it's really unfortunate that we, again, did not get a result at home. This is now the, like I said before, this is we've only had one win in the last six league games. And we need to try to pick up some form and results in these last two Bundesliga games before the break, because we are not in the top four right now. And if that's how we go into the break in fifth, hopefully Vodka can take a look at that and again look back at his own words and be like, "Well, we're knocked out of the Pokal. Of course, we're in a good position in the Champions League, but the draw is still up in the air. You know, you still could get a team like Inter Milan, Napoli, some really dangerous sides that you could still get in this round of sixteen draw. So, and uh, you know, it's not like Terzic is going to come back second half of the season and. And, you know, just be some sort of tactical genius. Maybe we go on some sort of run again, but I, I don't see it. I think that's, you know, a once in a very long time kind of thing. Yeah, I, I mean, it, my, so my, I said I'm I'm all on side Terzic out, but I'd also be, like, if if they came out like they, I don't know, this, this seems really far-fetched, but they come out and be like, hey, the football has been shit. We're going to change things up. We're going to play attacking football. Then cool. I would be like happy with that because like what, what they pointed out in the yellow wall, yellow wall pod too is like we've seen Terzic play attacking football. Uh, right. Like w- we saw it last year. Um, was that a fluke? Was that just the team doing whatever they wanted? I don't know. But so if, if there is a clear change of tactics, which I think is necessary, then okay, cool. Let's see what Terzic can do when he, we we do this, but it seems because he's like implemented this change, that doesn't seem the likely scenario. So yeah, if we go, I mean, we'll, we'll preview these uh, last couple of matches, but we'll get in PSG first. But yeah, if, if those don't end well, these last Bundesliga matches and yeah, I don't know. You got to, some, something's got to change. Yeah. And he's changed things in the past before. I don't think we've been this defensive, but we have looked at a bunch of different, you know, shapes and, and just play styles as well. And I think that become, comes down to, I think it's multifactorial. It could be, I guess, one or the other, but Terzic being an open-minded coach, you know, open to trying new things and, and, you know, just seeing what works. But at the same time, you could also look and think like, is this man just not confident in enough what he's trying to implement into his team? And he's just, I don't know, scrambling together to get results in any way he can. And that's why sometimes he can get results with a game that's right in front of him, but then long-term he can struggle a bit. But it seems crazy though, because I think looking at our at our players, like you think playing attacking football and pressing football is the easier answer, right? Like, or is it, or is it not? Because it also can require playing a high line where we get burned on our defense. So it's like let's sit back a little more. I don't know. It just seems like we with the attacking players we have, it makes more sense to play attacking football, right? Yeah, it just depends. I mean, and also there's a lot of injuries right now too. I do want to shed light on that, but there's been also plenty of instances in this season where we have been pretty much fully healthy in the squad and and we're still lacking not only results, but definitely performances. So I I don't know either. All right. Let's talk through PSG a little bit. Um, So starting 11, Koble and goal, obviously. Uh, Wolf at right back this time, Stule and Hummels. Our two center backs, uh, Benzabaini out left again, Brant and Oshan um, in, in the midfield, and then Adiemi, Royce, 
Jamie Bino Gittens and Full Krug up top. Yeah, Brent sitting deep in midfield in this game. I think is the arguably the deepest we've seen him almost in the six at times. And and you know, behind Ozchan as well. And he could be that deep line playmaker, try to string some passes together to get out of a press. Um, I mean, this game was cranked up almost up to 11 compared to the Leipzig game, which is, again, if you look at the average positions and just see how far our line was, uh, how high up that line was. I mean, you have almost like a back two of just the center halves and then Ozchan and, and Branch in front of them, just like a 2-2 two, two, or 2-4 like four almost with the wing or the fullback just pushed up so goddamn far. And of course, again, very risky and committing number numbers forward and, and PSG did have some very, very dangerous attacks and they should have been, you know, having two goals in that first half. Really? I forget if the goal they scored that was offside was in the first half or not. Now I'm blanking, but either way, I mean, you still have the chance that Mbappe had that he should have easily finished. I mean, the, the fact that he had the quality to bring that ball down, have that control to go around Coble. And then he just has the easy part of putting in the net. Had it not been for again Sulinho with, I'm, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if I want to say save of the season because that might be disrespectful to Cole. I and, don't know, and, man. <laughs> and of course, again, Sula was also a bit static defending to begin with. He should have been getting deeper to try to prevent that from happening, to, you know, to begin with. But to not only recover and get to the ball while sliding, but also having the perfect technique and contact with the ball to get it straight up and over the bar is is impressive to say the least the stretch on that main is impressive oh, i know like if you if you didn't see that i don't know how you hadn't seen this but like it it was like he looked like the bundesliga logo but you kick that <laughs> people are saying we straight, should replace it with him straight up in the air it was right. just crazy and then i think uh barcola hit one off the post colomani uh probably right. should have had one where maybe i think you actually just mentioned that uh Coble had a big save mm-hmm. um yeah this also looked so <laughs> I unfortunately didn't get to watch this match too in depth because uh, I was watching at the office. Uh, but one of my coworkers who sits right by me is a PSG fan, so there was like a good twenty Gross. minutes where we were, yeah, like, <laughs> come on, man, we're we're just both very intensely watching it, um, which was a fun twenty minutes. We were not we were not there when the goals happened. Uh, spoiler alert: can't talk about those. Um, but we were both just like. It, this game was so it was so chaotic. Like it seemed like one missed shots, missed opportunities, missed passes everywhere. We were both just like, "What is going on?" This is like the worst game of football ever. Like it just seemed very chaotic. In a like, in not a chaotic isn't necessarily a good way ever, but it was just, it was very poor football. Was what it seemed like. I mean, there were some stints, you know, like just with the shape that we had whenever we did lose possession, which was more than I would have liked to see. And PSG did play some very good football to get, you know, up the field quick and into some dangerous positions, playing behind our back, our very high back line. Um, but we had some good chances too this first half. I mean, whether they be from set pieces, sometimes in, you know, transition as well. And PSG, I, I think they really didn't defend that well either. They were pretty shaky when whenever we were making attacks and we could have done more whenever we did have those chances. I mean, Royce had a few at least one or two that comes to mind for me that he, I'm not saying that should have been like goals, but he could have done a bit better with. Um, and he also like missed or mispossessed a pass that came into him deep in the second half as well. But yeah, some good chances for both sides. I don't think it was exclusively just Paris, even though it did seem like that at times, because again, we were, when we lost possession, which was a lot, it just, they came right at us quick and they were very, very, very dangerous on those counter attacks because they were, you know, they didn't have to play through a lot to get into dangerous positions. Um, I and again, I'm like trying to analyze the whole game when I literally said me and my coworker watched 20 minutes of it. So maybe I should just not say anything. But with that, I do want you to touch on like the Adiemi goal and specifically like we've obviously he's had a slow start of the season, um, getting some criticism, but he has been like popping up like he's been getting some goals occasionally now. Uh when he's made appearances, which is good. And I think I touched on it before, but it's like, you can, you can be upset. Maybe we haven't seen the audio. I mean, we saw the second half of last year, but like, I'm just happy. Like he's still making some contributions when he's getting his minutes, because that's just going to help him again, confidence player. And you know, when he's, he's high on confidence, the dude is flying. So if this just continues to build on that, cool. Like I, yeah, it's unfortunate. He hasn't been 
the, the level he we've seen him at, but if he can keep growing, then cool. Cause we we've been seeing really good things from Jamie Bino Gittins. Um, Mullen's been up in the air too, but it's like, man, you get JBG on the left side, Adiyemi flying on the right side. And maybe we play attacking football, then good things can happen. So, yeah. So Adiyemi, it was a good finish by him. It, it all started with the press too. And, it, and if you go back and look at the the highlights on YouTube or whatever, they actually play like a good 30 seconds before the R goal was scored. And you could see how it all came to fruition. Again, some very well organized press here. Even though I was talking about like that pressing isn't really our thing at the moment, that was this moment was well orchestrated, and Full Crew had the the composure to actually look up and pick a pass out. Adeyemi, good finish off the post, got another gainer. By the way, is that what it's called? You told me last time he did it. Oh yeah, were you yeah, running forward? Backflip. backflip? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. His celebrations are always so fun to watch, uh, and especially not to you know look back on memories, but Jude and him, his celebrations are always hilarious. Them two together last year as well but yeah i mean good finish from him i mean he also offers a lot off the ball in these kind of games as well i mean if you go back to like the man city game last year and he was playing almost like left wing back at times and he can you know obviously track back he's got pace he's got he's not strong but he sure as hell is aggressive and he's not afraid to you know try to piss off and frustrate the other team which i think can can help against you know certain players so yeah i mean he got a good contribution off here and of course, PSG had some opportunities in the second half as well. Whenever they're, they scored just minutes after too. It was yeah, five minutes after Adiyemi's goal. And I think in the commentators were start talking about this in the game. And I think uh, Luis Enrique took this into account during halftime of, you know, try to get Mbappe on the ball more and specifically try to get him into those one of E ones. And we could just take on someone like Ozchan, which is just, it's an easy dub for him to get around. You know, I don't know if you saw that goal, but drifted wide, pulled Ozchan in, slowed him down, and then just beat him with his pace. And there's no way in hell Ozchan ever even gets close to that. And uh, it wasn't directly set up by Mbappe, but it, it, it did start with him. And, and of course, yeah, they equalized just minutes later. But, you know, we still played the same way pretty much this this first half until the dying minutes of the game. And even then, whenever PSG was realizing they kind of had it settled with, you know, the other game and I forget, was that at Newcastle when Milan won? I forget where that game was actually hosted. But when Milan yeah. got the their winning goal, PSG knew that they didn't have to necessarily go for it anymore, so they almost sat back a little bit more, and we started to look more dangerous. Reyna came on and got some good minutes. Can we talk about him for a second? He, got, he came in the 81st minute, and just with how little minutes he gets in this team, it's crazy how much he offers, it. again, in attack, in possession, yeah. when the ball's at his feet. It's crazy, man. I mean, playing out of press, linking up plays. He's so silky on the ball too. He, he's, you know, he's got a good shot in him. Great vision. I just wish he would just give like ten percent of a shit whenever he wasn't on the ball, because, I mean, whether it's him not tracking any runs, his just just general defensive work rate when he's just jogging everywhere. It's you can see if you are, you know, if you're an American fan who's not too tied to this club and you're wondering why Reyna isn't getting you know I don't think this is deserving of getting like as many minutes as he is right now but you can see okay you know if if this if Terzic is a certain manager looking for a certain player profile I can understand why Reyna is not starting every single game um, just because of this fucking defensive work rate it's it's pretty pitiful and and you know his body language has been a concern or at least something that we've noticed ever since he was on the senior team even i mean this was years and years ago he's only 21 years old but again he was playing with i think he made his debut when he was 16 17 his his debut was against actually psg whenever we were at home in 2020 and he obviously offered a lot that game too but you know hummels is giving him an earful after this match go ahead was was that debut was that champions league with yeah that was champions league against psg holland like yeah the holland Holland. Mm -hmm. that rocket good one yeah hummels was just giving a earful at this match and of course I, I don't know german so i can't like translate directly but that's i imagine what he was giving him you know crap about was just like man you got to track your runs you got to care more and put more effort into your game whenever you're off the ball and we're defending especially in a game like this whenever you're coming on the 81st minute you have fresh legs you're not playing a lot of football at all in the past few months and we really need to lock down this draw at the very least and then obviously if we see an opportunity go for it 
And it just looks like he's only giving 100% in very small stints, just in glimpses. Yeah. Um, so just result overall, and we can start talking Champions League, moving on a little bit. I think like one-off one off draw with PSG seems seems good. I think it's a little disappointing because like it would have been nice to get the win because they beat us uh, away. And since this is at home, like we want to get put on a good performance and almost that exclamation point. Like we already, we did top the group. We did what we needed to do, but it would have been really nice to get a win, especially with how other right. things have been going. Um, it is PSG. They're a difficult team, but they've been a little shaky. Uh, to personally whole... knock out PSG would have been, God, be so and I know it's kind of sad, but it, it, it already is the highlight of our season topping the champions league group, but it would have made it that much more sweet if we could have kicked PSG out of this competition. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it, it, raises the the questions too like yeah we we had good performances back to back against newcastle we had the good performance against ace milan uh but it's like did we just i don't want to say skim by because like we did a good our run in the champions league group was good like we did what we needed to do obviously we topped the group um but i don't know it just it would have given me and probably i feel like other fans too a little more confidence if we would like secured it with the win instead of just the draw um, but we are top of the group, which means the the draw. Um, we draw. You can say easier opponents uh, will be face, uh, playing against someone who finished second in their group. Um, and this was a Twitter question, by the way. So I think they were asking like which we would favor, which would be our favorite draw out of the available opponents. Yeah, shout out to. Uh, uh, Andre Swan, who was asking about that, he asked a little bit about System 2, which maybe we'll touch on. Uh, but then also uh, uh, Klaus Ebner, who asked if the uh, Champions League group win, does it paper over the, the obvious cracks? So before you get into the potential opponents, how do you see this? You said a highlight of the season so far, top of the group. Um, and I think that's where the confusion comes from, right? Like when I was just talking about how confused I am about how I feel about Dorman. It is because this is a good thing, and I feel like it is papering over the cracks. Because I'm like, well, I want to, want to be excited, um, or I'm like, I feel like I sh- should. I'm upset about the Bundesliga season, how that's been going, but Champions League kind of makes it feel okay. Yeah, you know damn well, Vodka is over the moon with this with this kind of result in the group. Like I said, even if even if Terzic is really just completely flipping and trying to go all out balls to the wall, fuck it, we ball kind of philosophy going forward. There's still a lot to fix and and tweak and, and hone because, yeah, there's just a lot of holes in this team still. And you could see that with these last two performances against Leipzig and PSG. But uh, that's in that same question asking, you know, who we would want to draw. So the possible candidates for those who do not know is FC Copenhagen. PSV, Napoli, Inter Milan, Lazio, and Porto. And out of those, I'm going to go with Copenhagen. I can't remember the last time, if ever, and I could totally could be wrong on that, that they've made it to the round of 16. So I'd, I'd take a team like them just because you know, lack of experience, at least in, in recent years. And of course, just quality-wise, you know, like for like, I think this could be not an easy game by any means, but just one that's very winnable. Yeah, Copenhagen is the obvious choice. Um, I don't want Napoli. I don't want don't want Napoli. Napoli. I, I don't want Inter either. I don't want Inter. I think the other ones are. I mean, those are the two I definitely don't want. Copenhagen is who I want. The other ones like it. I feel like they they could get us if we're not ready and prepared. I mean, anyone could. It's Champions League, um, and it also wouldn't surprise me if we like we're high flying from this and then <laughs> we just bow out very ungracefully yeah next round so i mean last year and not again just a winnable game against well winnable draw against chelsea and a lot of us thought we would go through with that and we dropped the ball in london for those for that fixture so i hope we can uh, learn from that and well first get a favorable draw and then just try to push on because if you get past this this round it already is in this you know sort of stage but if you get if past this round then it's you know Dortmund are at their strongest when they could just beat anyone on their day. And it's not too long of a road then to the final, which I'm I'm not trying to get too ahead of myself. I'm just saying. 
I'm just um, saying we're winning the whole thing is all. <laughs> I'm saying it's coming home. <laughs> well, maybe, hey, maybe if they actually buy some players, some decent players, we can convince some people to come to the chaos. That is, yeah, Dortmund. SC. We're running a four, we're running a zero, zero, ten. Gira C, Lukoko, all the strikers in the Bundesliga. More, more Bundesliga players. Bring them all here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's just build some depth, and let's we'll be good. Uh, but so uh, coming up this weekend, do a quick preview for Augsburg. It's Augsburg. Gave it away. Uh, we're playing Augsburg Saturday morning, nine thirty Eastern time, and then Mainz on Tuesday um, at two thirty Eastern time. Um, and I, th- I think before, like, l- looking at these matches a month ago or a few weeks ago, like, we kind of went through the gauntlet, right? Like, these seem like easier matches. And I think I remember saying something along the lines of, like, we don't rotate, which we don't, we can't, because we don't have the players to rotate. These are the ones where you can maybe rest a little bit. Now we can't because the injuries we've just picked up in the last couple of matches, which makes these games even more difficult. And I think they already are kind of difficult when you look at the pressure that is on the club because we've been poor in the Bundesliga. We bat out of the Pokal. This is Terzic's opportunity to prove it, prove that you can play because we should not be sitting back against these teams. Yeah. Um, and we should. We, we have the capability to dominate, and I feel like he needs to. And if it's anything less than, again, like we mentioned earlier in the episode, like, Questions need to be asked. If we can't, if we don't put a good performance against these two teams, then serious questions need to be asked. It, right. I wouldn't even say it's it's proving anything for Terzic. At at most, it's just saving him his job right now, his his employment for these next two games, which should be absolutely must wins. Even though I'm I'm not trying to overlook Augsburg. You know, since they got rid of Enrico Massen, former Dortmund two manager, they've They've only lost one game, which was very recently against Bremen last weekend. But before that, they were they were winning or drawing every single game. I mean, yeah, only one loss in their last six. So I mean, that's pretty impressive. And and with their new manager, Jess Thorup, who's been able to steady the ship and weather the storm a bit because they were kind of sinking under Massen for a while. But I'm not trying to shit on him. I'm just saying, you know, that's where the results were showing. But it's still winnable and we again have to pick up some points in the league which is all we have left in the next five days to go into the winter break with a bit more confidence in ourselves and just an overall better position we're four points off the top four and we're 11 points off first place right now so it's a big climb either way even into the bare minimum of what we're trying to accomplish this season do you remember the points total or how much we were off last season at the winter break because we were sitting in, weren't we in seventh at the winter break? I can't remember now. I think it was, I think we were down nine points at least. Okay. I think, I think it was nine. I don't remember what place we were in either. I think we, I think we we're seventh. Okay. And that's why you're so drastic about, we, we might not get in the top four. Cause like we were a little more behind it. Yeah. I don't remember the points total. And I, I would have looked that up earlier, but I just now thought of that. Uh, it would be interesting to look at. Um, that's something maybe we can talk about more in the next episode, but yeah, two, like these are, I don't think these are must win games because these are mid to bottom table teams. Like they're must win games because like, if we want to be serious, if we want to get in the top four, like these are the teams we just have to beat. Like no questions asked. Like we have to beat these teams. The, the teams where like you can not slip up, but like you can maybe afford to draw. It's like, are the, the guys who are in the top four, right? Like, Leverkusen, we got to draw there. Bayern, that we didn't get any points against him. Like those are the teams you want to almost like ideally win. But if you scrape points, cool. Seems like Augsburg and Mainz are the teams you have to beat to to get to where you want. And obviously, was it a draw against? Oh, Mainz was the end of the season last year, wasn't it? That was yep. it. That yep. was. And yeah, we saw how that <laughs> worked out. That's why you have to beat these teams, right? Ugh. Right, and. So we're going to be missing some personnel, but also having some back here as well, it, for those of you who don't know. So, of course, Hummels with the suspension against Leipzig, he will be unavailable. But Emre Chan, however, has had a full week's rest because he was suspended for the Champions League game. So 
we're losing our best so, center half, but now getting actually the only one and only pure number six on the team. So hopefully that can at least balance a little bit of the defensive stability. You know, only no, Chan, time will tell. Chan but, is going to play center back. God, I hope not. <laughs> and I'm not saying he can't play there, but now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, no, fucking who knows? Because Sule, we, who's going to play right back right at the moment? You know, Munye. Munye, Fulf, I don't know. Either way, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm being optimistic, but I'm hoping we're kind of shifting things around a bit. We're going to continue playing attacking football. We're going to continue playing on the front foot, committing numbers forward. But now it's against a team with obviously a lot less quality than Paris. And hopefully we can just be overwhelming for Augsburg and, and hand them their second win, excuse me, second loss in the, in the last few weeks for them. And I'm going to go with a 3-1 win. 3-1 on the road. It's the first time I predicted a win in the past few weeks. For anyone who Things actually are looking remembers up. or gives a shit. <laughs> Things. I've been only predicting losses and ties. Things are looking up. I I was thinking 3-1 and then I realized it was on the road. I forgot to write that down. Um, but I'm looking at it now and it's on the road. So I'm still, I'm going to say I'll, I always predict wins. I have to. I'll predict a 2-1 win. I think it'll still be shaky and maybe we'll get a red card and won't figure anything else out again. We'll see. But who knows? And then don't forget too, we have Mainz coming up on the next Tuesday as well. So we got two big fixtures in the next five days to end out this first half of the season. So Mainz at home. Mainz at home. Easy. I drop drop all those points. I just the sec- I mean I knew it was at home already, but just seeing that on my phone the other day when I was looking at it, I instantly got a Vietnam flashback. <laughs> I was like, "Oh Christ, Jesus! I need a trigger warning talk- before my app shows me." I'm just like covering my phone, like, "Oh my god!" I don't want to talk about that one. Do you? Uh, do you want to? Do you have time to tackle a Twitter Twitter <laughs> Twitter question or two before we get out of here? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay, so we have Jake at fifty plus donor. Thank you for oh, interacting. Yep. Yeah. Hey, I know him. He said, what's the most important move for Dortmund to make over the winter? I think it's a no-brainer. Fullback. All the fullbacks. It's, we need a good overhaul in that department. Not only with incoming transfers, we just need to sort out who we're investing in for this next year and this in this next season or two. Because all three right backs, Munier, Fulf, and Moray's contracts are out in, some of the, in the summer of 2024. So who... Who's going to be playing here long term? You know, and according to Sky, Dortmund only have five to six million euros to spend on a fullback this winter. And maybe that, you know, changes with us topping the group. I think that came out before we topped. I don't know. That's just that's How? just speculation. But you do get a lot more extra or bigger bonus whenever you do top the group in Champions League. But in my personal opinion, to answer, if Dortmund bring back and use Rota, not saying the winter, but in the summer. And we, you know, we will essentially have three left backs because Rearson is arguably our best left back right now, even and though he's best a right back. Left and right back. Yeah, correct. Ben Zabini, even if he is, you know, even if Ben Zabini is starting and then you have Rota, that's three left backs. And again, all three of your right backs are out of contract. So we're kind of swinging the pendulum in the other direction because remember before the summer, we were playing Guerrero at left back. I mean, he had a stint at center mid again. The first time since under Tuchel, but you know, it, we were really trying to think like, who are our right backs at the moment? Because Munier was injured; it was a whole thing. And I just I don't want it to completely shift in the other direction where we're having the same problem, but on the other side. So I'm thinking, hopefully, we can go for a yeah, just a complete overhaul in the fullback department. <laughs> yeah, same. Even another center back would be would be good. Like that that Champions League match. We didn't talk about who was on the bench, but we had Bueno uh, f- playing for Dortmund too. We did see him in yeah. preseason a lot, and I, I saw some really good things in preseason. He's more like attacky. He's got a lot of uh, skill on the ball, uh, not like probably the defensive fullback we need. Um, not quite ready for that, but like he was on the bench for the Champions League. We also saw <laughs> Blank, uh, the center back for mm-hmm. Dortmund too, on the bench for the Champions League. And this wasn't, it wasn't like the Man City move where they were secure. So they played all the kids. This was like, we just, right. we don't have anyone else. We have to throw <laughs> these guys in there and we have to get a result. Um, yeah. So fullback, I take center back. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what we need. Yeah. You could argue maybe one. That could play both. A name that's been tossed around. This is no rumors or anything, but just tossed around by people is Vagnoman. 
It's Stuttgart who can play center. He could play on the right, something like that. Again, he's a lot more physical. He's strong. He might bring a bit more defensive stability, but, or you could go for someone who's a bit more tech minded because we have no one. Well, Mounier can cross at least on his day. But after that, you don't really have any. Wolf can't cross for shit. So I don't know if we're looking to have a bit more, you know, firepower up top. I don't know. We got Rearson. You don't need him to cross. You just give him the ball, let him dribble. That's true. He's, yards been, and score. he's been scoring like crazy. It's, I, and I, you know, I don't think he had, did he have a Bundesliga goal before us? Maybe he did. And I'm just talking out of my ass, but I mean, he's I been he, scoring he had a lot. One last season, but I remember it was a deflection. Yeah. But I'm uh, saying uh, before moving to Dortmund, oh, excuse oh, me. Yeah. I don't know. He had three goals for Union Berlin. Excuse me. I take back everything I said. How, I don't know if they were in the league, but he had three goals for them. How, how dare you? All right, one last question from our boy Zaheen, who went to two Dortmund matches recently. Shout out, Zaheen. Hope you had a great time. I saw the, the pictures and everything you uploaded. That's awesome. Super happy for you. He was asking thoughts on the new DFL investors from an international fan's point of view. Do you think the BVB will benefit from that? I personally am not too well-educated with this sort of thing. I mean, I know this is what a lot of the protests have been about in several months now from you know, the likes of the Unity and just general fan bases in the Sid Tribuna at the stadium. I know from what little I do know, it's not, of course, going to answer what, you know, the the core issue of the league of just Bayern getting stronger and stronger. It's going to give, you know, who knows also the distribution of where the money's going to go. From what I've read, it doesn't seem like it's going to be going to, you know, maybe some things that might help, but also the other things that seem like more of a waste. I can't think of a good a good opinion piece I did read about it recently, and if I find it, I will try to send it to Jake that we can have maybe in our description of this episode, or I could just post it. But you can find a lot better of an answer than than me. I get, is what I'm trying to say. I don't know if I have the uh, credibility here to speak on that. Yeah, I mean it's a good question, and I don't know much about it either, and that's why it's a good question because we need to be asking some someone else because uh, I, I don't know much about it. But I from a and maybe I I miss. I haven't read anything on it, but I've like just heard that it's happening and most of the clubs have voted for it. And my thought with just hearing about it is like, if this means like what we talked about with 50, Jake from 50 plus donor, like just growth of the league. If, if that's something it goes towards and, and growing things outside of Germany and a little more worldwide, then that seems cool. That seems like a benefit. But if, if the money isn't going anywhere near any of that, then I don't I have no opinion at all. But yeah, this, this investment or the vote for it has, this is the second time it's surfaced for this year. Initially, uh, the vote was shot down. And again, protests have been uh, just all over the place since and rightly so. But yeah, the second time it's been proposed this year, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. If anyone wants to educate us, that's, that's cool too. <laughs> or Carver, just find that article. We'll get that posted. <laughs> Yank here. All right. Uh, anything else before we wrap? I think that's it. All right. We appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for sending the uh, the questions. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram uh, to reach out and connect at the BVB pod. If you're not on socials, you can always email us to the BVB pod at gmail.com. Uh, we got a bunch of links. Uh, if you're a new, newer Dortmund fan that I feel like can help you in your Dortmund journey as you embrace the chaos and the disappointment and the, the victories and the sadness and everything that comes with being a Dortmund fan. But uh, yeah, again, thank you for listening. We will be back uh, after the next two matches. Yeah, to all those who celebrate, happy holidays, and very thankful for all of you that are interacting with the show. See you guys.